Hello and welcome to the Grove podcast. My name is Moz, your host, and before we get into episode three, I just wanted to apologise. We had some technical difficulties tonight, which means part two. The sound quality isn't great, but we're working hard to make things right for the next episode. So without further ado, I'm going to play episode three. I hope you enjoy it and see you soon. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Grove podcast. I hope you're all well. My name is Moz. It's not changed, still the same. And today I am joined by our, should we call you residents now? You know, you get resident DJs. We've got resident podcasters. Andrea. Good evening. How are you doing? And Will. Good day, gentlemen. God, I was hoping he wasn't going to do that again, Andrea, but fine. Okay, <laughs> we'll let him people, off. Got to give the people what they want, man. I've had requests. There we go. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. We're also joined by uh, a member of the Grove who has been messaging me daily to come on to this show, right? Since the podcast was created, this guy has been begging. And I, I thought, do you know what? Let's bring him on, see what he's got to offer. So I'd like to introduce you to... Paul, how are you? Uh, thanks for the warm welcome. Um, hello to everybody listening at home. Uh, it's great to finally be here and to be sharing the floor with uh, my three dance partners. Welcome, Paul. Welcome. Thank you. Good to have thanks you. Thanks for having me, guys. So before we get into the, the forest review, I have a confession to make. I have been away for work all week and didn't watch the game. This is the first game I've not watched for a long time. I've not watched highlights apart from the two goals that we scored. I didn't even know that we won 2-1 until the next morning. That's how busy I've been. So I won't be able to talk about the game at all with you guys. I'm going to let you guys just tell, essentially tell me about the game, right? So that's what we're going to do. But before that, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to all the listeners for the reaction to episode two. We have shared it far and wide we have sent the links out. I plugged the pod about, what, 10 times last episode? So it did work. It did work. So expect that again this time. But no, just a serious thank you to everyone for listening, for sharing, for liking, for commenting, for reposting. It really means a lot that people actually want to listen and find value. And please keep sending us feedback. Keep sending us the comments, the love. And yeah, let's um, let's take it away. At the end, I'm going to go through some feedback, so you want don't want to miss it. Um, but yeah, Andrea, I'm going to start with you. Talk to me, Forrest. And my my highlights and my lowlights. Yeah, sure. Look, um, to be honest, just being at an away match, I was very fortunate enough to 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 get to go to the game with 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 Wales. So actually, my highlight was just being in a, in the away end with the with the with the away fans. Um, you know, they're like hen's teeth, these, these things and, and stuff like that. So that, that was great. So just being there was my, my a big highlight. The actual favourite moment of the match was actually Leo at the end, you know, when we're 2-1 up under pressure and the way he, he got the ball, ran down the flank, kept it brilliantly. Um, and then he turned inside, kept possession and relieved the pressure really well. It was really mature, really composed. And, and, and I really like that because... It was it was tense. It was tense. I'm gonna make so that was a really cool piece of play that not many people in the team have have the composure to do. 
in terms of in terms of low lights uh, at about i don't know 70 minutes the olays rang out it, we were two nil up and they start and the olays are going and, and and i'm in, i'm all for enjoying enjoying the game and finding the joy but when it's 70 minutes and two nil up with our propensity to shoot ourselves in the foot i, I just knew just like oh you just know what's gonna gonna happen and 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 which we did shoot ourselves in the foot you know, I even said to to the guy next to me because Forest fans were leaving at about eighty minutes. Is, have they not seen Arsenal play before? You know, have you not seen that? <laughs> seen the fact that we're going to like let in a goal and wet the bed and and <laughs> you know and so on. So yeah, those are my my highlights and lowlights of, of of the match. What about yourself, Will? What was your highlight and lowlight of the game? Um, yeah, similar to uh to, to Tabs, it was um. Just going to an away game for the first time in, in forever. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the, the subreddit Gunners at Games, especially uh, Josh and Ed, uh, who essentially made it happen and were able to facilitate us uh, getting these six tickets uh, to go see the Arsenal away. Um, so that was that was awesome. Um, low light, yeah, giving up that last goal and then having it be, you know, as a as Alex Ferguson had coined a squeaky bum time for like the last like 10 minutes, just not knowing what's going to happen, just waiting for it to go to all and, and dropping those two points. So yeah, I was really happy to be there. Low light was giving up that goal, but you know, we pulled through at the end and it was, um, it was happy days. Paul, you yes. were in the game, right? You watched on TV. So yeah. So I watched from home and I mean, to be honest with you, it's a game really that, you know, a win by any means necessary was sort of needed. Um, so in terms of uh, probably the highlight of the game was really to see um, Emil Smith-Rowe starting, um, starting in the team for the first time for a while, which is, um, you know, well overdue and probably well-deserved. And also I think that doubled up with the fact that maybe Havertz needed a rest. It was a good time to bring him into the team. So obviously to see our number 10 back in the team, um, yeah, that was that was really positive. Um, in terms of low lights, obviously we've, we've, we we have really struggled against um, teams with a low block and the first half particularly things slowed up and uh, we're, we're struggling to sort of understand um, that conundrum and how to sort of break away from it and find those gaps. So um, that's something that in the future uh, for the rest of the season I'd like to, um, you know, see improve. So in terms of, as Will, you just alluded to, the Grove, the group we got, uh, we managed to get six tickets for the game. Unfortunately, I was not one of them due to my commitments. How dare I work when Arsenal <laughs> are playing, right? I'm going to actually speak to my, my boss about that and, and see if I can get some uh, some time off every time we play. That go down well. Um, I just want, yeah, I just want to echo your comments and give a shout out to the guys uh, that helped facilitate that because last minute getting six Grovers up to, to Nottingham is not an easy task. And fair play to you guys for making the journey as well. Like it was watching it on the WhatsApp group just unravel was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. It was like, <laughs> we might have six tickets. And then it was like, right, I need five other names. Who's in? <laughs> and just a, a flood of comments coming in and trying to figure out who was first and doing VAR checks for like the timestamp of the WhatsApp messages, essentially. So uh, yeah, fair fair play. Andrea told me that there was a little bit of a so last week I said it was a heated debate, right? And I had a comment from one of my friends, um, Fraser. I'm going to give my shout. Fraser is uh, a great guy. I had a comment from Fraser saying, "You said heated." 
and they were pretty calm. But Andrea told me it was still continuing on the journey up. But I've had a lot of feedback from friends and, and listeners of the pod. And a lot of people agree with Whale, which is just wrong. But well, it's crazy. Well. So, <laughs> why, why were you guys still doing this on the way up? You know, it's done. Move on. The Carabao Cup is not anything worth winning, right? So... Talk to me. Why are you guys friends now, or are you still? Well, yeah, you haven't said. I mean, you haven't said hello to each other today. <laughs> we had some time to kill, and uh, I mean, since obviously, since the people rightly believe I'm right, we'll let we'll let Pab start off and and sort of defend his position, and you know, just explain it a little bit. Sure. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't sure if I was going to mention the low light was having to drive up with Whale on the way up. So it's Easy. like, you know, that was, <laughs> no, it was an absolute joy and pleasure. And it was like a highlight. Uh, yeah, as you said, yeah, we're just chatting. He comes out, talking about the quad, talking about, yeah, you just continue. We, we, we wanted to express it in, in, in more, maybe, maybe so, um, uh, terms that we couldn't use on the pod and stuff like that and, and express it a bit differently. So it was, it, it, it was it was cool. What, what I found funny was that as soon as we walked into the away end, the first thing we saw was a sign for Forest winning the League Cup in whenever it was, when whenever they were relevant. Nin- 1990. So, yeah, was that was nineteen ninety. <laughs> so I thought I thought that was quite quite uh, quite ironic. So we just yeah, and we discussed many other things that we didn't agree on, but it was it was it was cool. <laughs> it, 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 it was it was cool. And and, look, and in terms of you know the Grover Way day, and again another shout out to our fellow Grovers who went. So there was Aussie Tom, Charles, Rahima, and 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 Catherine. So that was it was great to to go out, go out, go out with them and meet and meet up with 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 with, with them. And um, Charles, I don't think you I don't think you mentioned her. Yeah, I, yeah and Charles. So um, what, what I found what I found interesting was going. It was it, the vibe was it was weird. I I, I forgot. I kept on forgetting I was at an away game. So it was a bit same same but different. And there was excitement about the unknown and unfamiliar. But when I was inside the stadium, I was like, well, why aren't they saying anything about Arsenal? And why isn't there any videos about Arsenal? I was like, oh, no, we're at Nottingham. So why, why would they? <laughs> you know, it was a bit, it was a bit bizarre. But it was, yeah, the, the atmosphere was great. Is you know, singing, you know, constantly throughout. I, was, I mean, I was hoarse by the, ne- by the next day. Um, but yeah, no, that was... That, that that was cool. So that was cool. I mean, well, how did you how did you feel? Sort of it then played out through the match in terms of the the atmosphere and how the crowd were how the crowd were sort of feeling throughout throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I heard. Well, I read through our, our group chats apparently that the atmosphere came over well on the on the television. And um, you know, obviously, I think Paulo will touch on touch on that in a bit. Um, but it was just just a lot different than being in. At, at the Emirates, obviously, because there was, I think, 2,500 of us there, um, raucous fans, uh, and it's just sort of like us against the world. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I'm not the, I'm not singing 24-7 when I'm at the Emirates, but in that game, you just you just sort of get caught up in the, in the moments, um, the goals are scored. It was, um, it was a really good time, man. I could see why it's a closed shop and people aren't really trying to give up their away tickets. Mm. Um, it's just a great experience, uh, and I can only imagine when you're playing, whether it be City, Liverpool, like a big six sort of team with with high stakes, just how much more that gets magnified. So um, it was an awesome time um, with some, you know, with a great group of guys and gals. So really enjoyed it. Be looking to do it again. Yeah, no, no. And in terms of how the the game sort of was playing out, uh, what I could sense, I, I, I don't know, the the frustration. Um, 
I know. I, I don't know if it was more or less. I don't know. You could hear more. I don't know. It just. I could notice that it was the crowd were very tense. You, you know, they, they were frustrated with the way that we were playing. Maybe it was because the perspective we had, we were sort of lowish down, halfway up, and and some of the perspective you couldn't see exactly what was going on. So it felt like times where we could be shooting and 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 we didn't, or there were things not happening, or we could be driving in certain ways and. And maybe from TV, it would look different. When I look back on TV, I said, oh, I can understand why certain play played out. But when you were there, you you, you sort of maybe having that view made everyone a bit more tense and a bit more more nervous in terms of the way we were playing um, up until we got we got the goals. Um, I, I felt it was maybe a, a bit more tense than it would be um, sort of at, at the atmosphere. And I think it was it was more of a unit as well than, than at the atmosphere. But I think you touched on it. So there was like, but when the goals go in, there's that term that the the, the youth oh, yeah. of they use. It, it was limbs. It was just like arms. <laughs> I don't I don't know who I was jumping on, but there was some yeah, some yeah, guy, guy next to me that that felt the full it, force of tabs. It, so, it wasn't it wasn't wheel it wasn't wheel you were jumping on because you guys had fallen out by this point. Yeah, right? no, so we, we were. Were you we separated? Were, we were. We, we were, were four, four people between us, so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It wouldn't have been too much of an imagination for me to go and jump onto him after we scored the first and second goal. <laughs> So it was, it was that was that that was that was cool. Really, really enjoyed that. And in terms of how we played, I, I just want um, Paul. I'll, I'll let you come in since you watched on mm. TV. I just want to know how we how we played. And you mentioned that Emil Smith Rowe started. I, I didn't. Mm. I must admit. Um, I promise you guys, I do support Arsenal and <laughs> I love I love the club. Um, but uh, you know, I didn't see that Emil Smith Rowe had started until after the, when I looked at the result. Um, so, yeah, I just want to know how did we play? How did Smith Rowe play? And Martinelli obviously started as well. How was that? Because we know Trossard has yeah, I think has dabbled. I think there was probably some debate before the game whether or not this was probably an ideal fixture for someone with Martinelli. We kind of expected that low block, um, but in actual fact, I think we started the game pretty well. I'm not sure how it how it was um, at the City Ground, but. Watching it from TV, it looked like, you know, we were knocking the ball around quite nice for the first 10-15. Um, we were pressing quite high up um, and we kind of looked like, you know, we would get the breakthrough earlier on. Um, but after about 10-15 minutes, the game suddenly fell back into a pattern um, and that low block was evident. In terms of uh, ESR, I thought, he, I thought he started the game brightly. He was working that left channel quite nicely. Uh, with Martinelli and he was picking up nice spaces. He was sort of playing on the shoulder of the last defender, sort of tucked in quite nicely with Jesus. But obviously, as the game progressed, um, we were finding it harder and harder. And I think probably this was an ideal fixture for him to come in. Um, I mean, every game's, you know, every game is is must win at this stage. But I think, you know, for ESR being out for the time that he's had to come in and start a game, I think this was probably the right moment for him. I think he had 65 minutes. Um, and overall, I think, he, I, you know, he put he put in a good performance. He looked a bit tired toward the end, but that's to be expected. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, we, 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 pl we played well for that first 15 minutes. And then, obviously, the pattern of the game, Forrest were quite happy to sort of sit behind the ball, very disciplined, um, you know, so, yeah. But in terms of Smith Rowe, though, again, if you're not going to start him in this game, he would he won't start against Liverpool. Okay, I'd be really shocked if he, if if he did. So, if we're going to rely on him on the end of the season and we need to give him meaningful minutes, yeah, today was well uh, Monday. God, I 
can't remember what day of the week it is now but monday is the, is the it was the was the night was was the night was the night to do it otherwise again it's feeding off late minutes either trying to chase a game or or the game game's done so i think i think this was the opportune moment to give him meaningful meaningful minutes because it, again it, I'd, I'd be really surprised if he started at the at, at, at the weekend we played on tuesday right oh, not monday sorry. Sorry, Tuesday. Yeah, um, <laughs> we are we are Arsenal. We are Arsenal fans. We just we're just yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll blame it on them. Um, we'll blame it on the upcoming fixture, right? The nerves. Yeah. Um, Whale. I, I just want to ask you your opinion of um, being at the game, and I want you to give me like a a couple of minutes rundown on how the game panned out. First half, second half, for someone who like myself obviously who has not watched the game back yet just tell me how it went first half second half and i'll tell you at the end if it's just like a standard arsenal game because i'm the one that said it was going to be a dropping <laughs> last week and it sounds like it wasn't so yeah no, tell me i mean i guess first off the first half arsenal are shooting or going to going away from um the away end so it's it's tough to really sort of keep track of all the action that was going on down at the opposite end of the goal because it's it's sort of far away and like a pitch level. But it seemed to be, in my opinion, sort of typical Arsenal. I mean, there was there was lots of possession. You're looking at it and you're like, oh yeah, we're the better team. We're the better team, but we're not scoring any goals. So I mean, you don't you don't get any points from from holding on to the ball. Um, I know people love field field tilt. But if field tilt doesn't result in goals, field tilt doesn't mean anything. Um, we had some shots on target. ESR um, made some nice little runs on goal, more than what I've seen Havertz do lately, which which I liked. Um, there was one where ESR sort of linked up with, with Odie, and then also um, Jesus, which I believe was that shot that went off the um, off the post. Um, side note. Jesus should be making that shot, but whatever. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that later. It seemed that it was a, a typical first half. Like I went in in the first half looking to get a beer and thinking we need to step it up a bit. Otherwise, this could easily be a nil-nil draw or they could nick it at the end and we lose nil-one. Um, I mean, a few stats that we've sort of got here. I mean, let's see here. One big chance. We need more than that when we're playing a team at the bottom of the table. Like you just you just do. Um, I appreciate how they play is to stop us from playing, but that's not new. Teams started doing that about a year ago against us. So we should be better at at breaking it down. Um what else we got? I mean that's that's about it. It seemed first half seemed very, very typical. And to be fair, so did so did the second half. I was just I was just happy that we got a happy that we got out of there with three points. Yeah, I mean I I, I, I agree with you you well and, and yeah you, you don't knock it. We've lost there, was it the last three times. Yeah. You take the points, you take it, you get out. If we get the points, whatever. I mean, yeah, you're right. I think we were dominant. I as I think I said it was an atypical game for us. We dominate we get frustrated, we're a bit ponderous, there's some good play, we score goals, and then we have a nervy ending. You know, we've seen that. How many times have we seen that script? Uh, and it, it, you know, too many times for our for our heart, for our for our health. So uh so but but it, I mean the first but then the first half, you're right, I think it was a bit ponderous, but I think from about the fifth 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 minute, we started to speed things up a bit, be more direct, which then followed through into the second half and 
and and we started to be a bit more and again with our possession we i think we started to be a bit snappier be quicker more decisive and you could you could see that there was results uh, chances maybe not big chances but we started to to break them down and 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 i think for me it was more it was a game for patience now players thankfully are more patient than the fans because if it was down to the fans would just shoot on sight whereas whereas they're trained to be a bit more patient and they and you could tell that okay it's going to come it's going to come to play that way forest did for the whole game there's going to be lapses of concentration and we need to be ready to take advantage of those lapses as 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 we did especially for the for the first goal um when they weren't set and bang we we go but uh so so yeah that i mean for me that's how it how how i felt it it played out just say patience um keep doing what you're doing speed things up a bit and then you'll get the rewards and i think we did so it sounds like it was a, a pretty dominant performance but not clinical um essentially and that's a worry before the liverpool game because i i did watch the liverpool game yesterday i, I was actually in liverpool for work so everywhere i went the game was on um that's the first time <clears throat> excuse me just a side note on on that just whilst i'm talking about it that's the first time i've been somewhere in a long time a different a different city or a town that the team is playing in and i'm not part of it so mm -hmm. liverpool were playing chelsea right and it was so weird to just see these liverpool fans thinking that they're going to win the lot and oh if I talk more about it, I'll get annoyed. So I just want to talk about the goals now that Arsenal scored and the one that we conceded. So, um, yeah, Will, Andrea, I, I would like your your guys' opinion on it from a, from being there, that kind of perspective. So, yeah, yeah. talk to me. Tell, me. tell me about the goals. Um, talking about the goals sort of um, works really well with, with what you've last said about it, it being a dominant performance. I would say perhaps it wasn't. Um, that... That first goal, that Jesus goal, luck. Are you kidding me? Did you see that angle? That, dude, that shot, that shot doesn't go in 99 times out of 100. Like the fact that it's such a bad keeper and it's, it just contorted his leg so badly. Like if, if, if your keeper gets beat on that goal, you are furious. Like I see tabs making faces or whatever. Like you don't get beat on the, that, that angle. Was, it was an insane angle, insane. And it went between his legs. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna respectfully disagree because as a striker, there's two things. One, actually, you're you're sometimes uh, you actually are taught to actually if there's the gap there through the legs, you are taught to aim for that left or low to the goalkeeper's the feet. There, no, no, let, let, let me finish. Low to the goalkeeper's feet because it's the hardest plate for the place for the goalkeeper to actually get down to get it. And then and for me, I'm thinking he's he's seen the opportunity. So yes, maybe you know Turner. Uh, I don't know his stance. Maybe his legs can be closer together. Uh, but I would say it, it, luck. I would say it was actually, and before it, I think very quick thinking by Zinchenko to get the throw because because Forrest is switched off. Jesus went into a, a great place. Uh, nice control turn going in there, and maybe he takes the goalkeeper by surprise. So uh, yeah, there's elements of luck in all in all goals. But I I wouldn't be so harsh on it to say it was it was a lucky goal because he made it. He takes the shot, and if you don't if you don't you know buy a ticket you're not going to win the lottery as they say so i think turner you're expecting to do better but as a striker he did exactly what he was meant to do can i just say one thing very quickly um next week 
or or not even next week, this week on Sunday we play Liverpool, right? And the podcast is being recorded in person for you guys. You guys asked for it, so we're going to give you it. The podcast is being recorded in person. My worry is that you two are going to be in the same room together. <laughs> so do I need to bring a bodyguard or keep you guys – do we do it in separate rooms and, you know, you have your own little booth or, or what? Just- We'll just remind Tabs that the, the general public is on my side, so he'll just have to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> so, Paul, right, second goal. Talk to me. Tell me your thoughts and explain it. Yeah, so obviously a good breakaway goal. Um, there's, you know, Saka on his right foot, really, apart from the Everton goals, never sort of a given. Um, you know, Jesus doing Jesus things. I thought he had a great second half. Um, obviously, put that goal away. There's been some debate whether or not, but I agree with Andre. You've got to be, you know, you've got to have a ticket. And yeah, I think it was a nice breakaway. Obviously, come from a poor pass from uh, one of the Forest defenders. Um, we pounced on it quickly, got up the field nice and quick, moved the ball quickly into Saka. And that's what you kind of want to see from uh, Bakaya. You want it to sort of see him hitting the ball first time, not really thinking about it too much. Last couple of weeks, maybe he's been overplaying it a little bit. He's always looking to cut back on the left foot. So I think, yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a perfect finish to a, to a really good move. Yeah. I, I think it was, it showed how we were progressing through the game. We, we were more clinical and we were faster. So it was a typical, typical example of the progression of maybe what we weren't doing in the, in the first half. Granted, we had the space to do it, but the, 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 um, but the fact that we were making quick decisions and the right decision was was, was key to that key key to that key to that goal, and and even just even off the ball, even there was a clever run by um, Havertz which sort of stopped the defender going towards the ball or making making a, a play at the ball when Jesus passed it. So again, even off the ball, we were making good good decisions in that on on that goal, which so often gets often gets missed. Um, so I think yeah, it was it was pretty much like a really good perfect breakaway breakaway goal and and yeah lovely for Saka I I, I want to see him shoot more uh on his right foot um because he's, he's he, can, he can score with it so yeah and Will I watched the highlights right and I've seen the the, the chances or lack of chances Nottingham Forest had so I'm assuming that their goal they scored was what first second third chance of the match yeah I think it was it was about that what 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 really um and again, it's—I just come on and say it—it was like Groundhog's Day for anybody who's familiar with a great movie by uh, Bill Murray. Um, diagonal pass over Zinni, and and this normally doesn't happen, but Sleep is at fault for that. Um, he does some wild sort of flailing to try to get ahead on it. In the same time, in doing that, almost boxes out Big Gabby, so he's sort of thrown off a little bit. Um, and then there's a little bit of luck, which we'll take with the. You know, with the forest player, like he got, you know, he he got a leg on it and he got it in there. And yeah, I mean, I'm always going to say I expect keepers to make saves, but we shouldn't put our keeper in that in that situation. I mean, these these diagonal passes over Zinni's head, he is constantly out of position so much so to the point where it's like, is he is he not not in position? Is is he where he's supposed to be or is he just so not a defensive minded player that he just floats around wherever he feels like it? And I, I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> where's your head off? Yeah. No, in, in terms of the goal, I, I think with Zinchenko, it, it, I think he gets the 75 minutes and his defensive brain 
comes off because if you look at his stats, you know, up to then, normally he, he's very good with the jewels, defensively does well, but I think after a certain time, and I think what's happened is now as well, the way where his positioning was, it's now uncertain because he should have pushed up with the line, but he didn't because he's now half thinking about the player behind him and he doesn't want to get caught out like he did against Salah in the in the away game against Liverpool. So all of a sudden he's he's uh, second guessing himself and then his fellow defenders are having to second guess him. And and so then for, therefore that cre- creates uncertainty in the back line, which is which then is is a surefire way to to lead to goals because then you know then Saliba's maybe now oh crimes I need to make a quick move to get back to get into Wamnyi and and it's just all these sort of micro elements all add up to the bigger the bigger bigger issue even back to the crossfield pass Eddie Eddie typically he could have tried harder to get in the way of the crossfield pass instead he did a typical Eddie coming on a sub sort of thing saunters over and sort of half-heartedly tries to get in the way so. So I think it was a culmination of errors, uh, and there's always an explanation as to why. But yeah, we, we, that that sort of thing needs to to sharpen up. I'm going to go down in order of who's on my screen, and I want one word. Should I watch the full ninety minutes back, Paul? Yes or no? I mean, a win, a win's a win. One word. So yeah. One word. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Tabs. Unnecessary. There you go. I did say yes or no, but. Um, oh. No. I'll, I'll <laughs> no. Will. No. Okay. Okay, good. You've saved me 90 minutes then. We'll be back very shortly for part two of the Grove podcast. Hello and welcome back to part two of the Grove podcast. Now, I mentioned in part one that we are recording the Liverpool post-game podcast in person. And during the break, Andrea and Whale have settled their differences. They actually made each other laugh. And it was so heartwarming for me and Paul to see that. Um, So I just want the listeners to know that they are both back and they're happy again. We're not going to mention any trophies that don't mean anything. And we all know that Whale is currently leading in the, <laughs> the, the, the general consensus from the fans. <laughs> on the Spotify, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can click on the episode and underneath the description, there will be a poll. The answers to the poll will be simple. It will be two names. <laughs> click your answer to see who's right and who's wrong, and we'll do this properly. Oh, but dear. without further ado... Let's head into part two of the pod. So, one of the biggest games of our season, arguably, right? I'm going to give you guys my 30-second thoughts, and then I'll come to you. Biggest game of the season. If we do not, if we lose, we will be eight points behind Liverpool. I don't think that is anywhere near salvageable for if we want to win the league this year. We, this is a must-win. This is what they call a six-pointer. In the, in the relegation zone, not that we would ever uh, be in the relegation zone, right? But this is our six-pointer. So I am nervous. I am bricking it, as they say. But I just wanted to come to you guys. So, Andrea, what are you looking forward to and also not looking forward to 
in the, the game against Liverpool. Okay, well, well, actually, the most I'm, you alluded to it before, the most thing I'm looking forward to is recording the podcast with Whale after the game in person. I, I can't wait to give him a big, <laughs> big hug and, and, and have some have some fun. Uh, look, joking aside, I'm really looking forward to the game. I'm buzzing for it. I'm excited. I'm confident. I mean, in a way, I'm more confident for this game than, than Forrest. You know, I'm going to be in the clock end uh, with my son and, I, and I'm confident in So I'm just looking forward to it happening and I'm keeping the negative thoughts at bay for, for now. And what about yourself, Paul? Yeah, I mean, obviously the last two games, um, having a draw at Anfield and um, losing in the last 10 minutes at home in the FA Cup, obviously it's finally getting a win this season against Liverpool, you know, they seem to be the force this season. I think, you know, like you say, with a six-point, I think it's a must-win game um, in terms of our season and the importance of the game. Um, not looking forward to probably potentially, I saw that Salah was, Klopp was sort of umming and iron whether or not he would be fit. Actually, he said, I think he came out and said that he wouldn't be fit for this game for the next two fixtures. Um, and then I saw something on social media and he's back on the grass looking like he's uh, he's ready to play. So I think this is a big one for us. I think whether or not he starts the game could could shift it, whether or not we take the win or, or the loss. So, yeah. Just before I come to you, Will, uh, Liverpool won 4-1 without Salah against Chelsea. I know it's Chelsea, but Liverpool won 4-1. And Durian, Trim- Durian, Trimber? Durian Timber is back on the grass as well. So that could mean nothing. Uh, I'm sure we'll... We'll have a, a chat about injuries and whatnot later on, but that could mean nothing. So don't worry, Paul. Smile. Come on. Give us a smile. There you go. Okay. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really intrigued to see what grass they're on. They're just out of interest. Yeah. <laughs> Very wet, slippery grass, obviously. Uh, That's yeah, not where I was going. <laughs> what are you looking forward to or not looking forward to in the upcoming game? Yeah, it's um, it's a big game to sort of piggyback on on what you said earlier. It's 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 one of those i mean we can't win the league on sunday but i don't like to say it but but we can kind of lose it um so we got to go we got to go for three points i mean i like the fact that liverpool is going to play open so we'll have a chance to go up and down um i don't expect to see uh salah playing i I don't yeah he's on grass but i don't i don't think he's ready to be back that doesn't necessarily bother me I'm uh, just looking forward to a good game. Um, I'll be in section 113, so come holler at your boy, guys. I'm there. I'm going to be in block 12 because I'm looking really forward to hugging Saka when he scores and essentially just celebrating with the players. And I might take a sign that says, Declan, can I please have your... No, I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm 30 years old. I won't <laughs> do that. The goal want you guys in the pod. That could be a shout. Um so, in terms of how we will play and approach the game, I've, I'm at a loss with how, you know, we, we've, we've played against Liverpool in the FA Cup and I thought we were we deserved to win that game so well. I mean, we had so many chances and we were so good, so dominant. We just couldn't finish a dinner that night. Um, I really think that we will play similarly. And I said this about Forrest. I said it was going to be a drubbing. I don't think it'll be a drubbing against Liverpool. But I am pretty confident that we will perform well enough to get the three points on on the weekend. I think Liverpool are a very good team, but I just think we've won the last two games. We're kind of heading into that period now where we're confident the players are are gel. Well, all some of the players are gelling together. Um, Andrea, I'll let you mention potentially an issue you've seen on on Tuesday night. But yeah, how do you think we will approach the game? How do you think we'll play? Um. Yeah, look, I, to be honest, we're not going to be facing the lowest blocks 
you know that we've seen like you know Nottingham Forest it was the lowest block you'll ever you'll ever get so the good thing about playing Liverpool that they will give you space however the counterpoint is that they're going to be attacking us and we're going to be doing more defending that that we that we used to so so this is why I think it's more of a game for Martinelli I, I thought actually the Forest game was more of a Trossard game because it was tight small spaces uh, and less le- uh, and less less space behind the back so I think this is more of a chance for Trossard to uh, sorry for Martinelli to come on he loves playing against T- Trent Alexander-Arnold. He he he, he takes him to town every, every time they play. So so that's part part of the reason why 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 I'm positive. So our, our approach, we'll try and dominate. We'll try and hit hit wide. We just need to be quick, decisive, fast, uh, and and exploit those spaces and 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 just be be wary at the back. You know, uh, this is the sort of game. You know, in a way, you'd love to have Tommy Asu because I think Arteta would like that to counter some of the height and 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 what they do rather than Zinchenko. Uh, we'll have party there, so yeah, that's that's what uh, that's how I think we're going we we're, we're going to approach it. And but that's also the one of the reasons why I'm confident. I'm, one thing's for sure: there's going to be goals. I, I cannot see a nil nil. That's definitely. Is that a promise? That, that, I promise you, it will not be nil nil. I'll be utterly surprised that that with these dominant forward lines, it, it won't be nil nil. Watch it now be nil nil. Zero xg for both teams. No shots at all. No bookings. Nothing okay. happens. But that raises an interesting point. Would you take a nil-nil now? Um, no, I would not. No, okay. Will, do you think there's going to be goals in this game or do you think it's going to be a tighter affair? No, they'll... I don't know how many there's going to be, but there'll definitely be goals if for any other reason that I'm I'm petrified of, of Zinchenko out there at, at left back. Um, like you say, like unless we take him off in the in the sixty fifth or seventieth minute. Um, as far as Arsenal goes going forward, we'll have space. Martinelli loves that. Like to think Saka's got a little bit of his mojo back after scoring a goal. Um, if it was me and I'm Arteta, I think at least for the first half, maybe maybe I start ESR because as far as I'm concerned, he goes more north and south versus Havertz. Like Havertz, every time I see him, like, yeah, he'll make like a little sneaky run every every now and again. But like Smith Rowe is just he's just more direct. And I'd I'd like to see how that how that pans out. And if it doesn't, then I just yank him out and I would just yeah, I would just sub him at halftime. But I'd like to I'd like to see him. I've I've seen a lot of what of what Havertz does and yeah, I'm not. I'm not that impressed. I know people will tell me probably tabs. Oh no, but he's doing the things that you don't see. That that whole thing. yeah, whatever. <laughs> very, very good reasoned argument there. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, need, let's let's just dismiss. Let's just dismiss all off the ball play. Yeah, as whatever. <laughs> it's really interesting that you would you don't mind a twenty five million player playing against Liverpool whale, right? You don't want to sell him for sixty five, you'll you'll get rid of him for twenty five million. So oh, his 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 what what I put his value on versus what I think his his talents in respect to our team are two totally different things. Um yeah, there's no way we're gonna get more than twenty five, thirty million for him. But that doesn't change the fact that he is more of a he's more of a direct player than than Havertz. It's also really interesting that you said about taking him off at half time. Just for two reasons. One is a huge confidence issue. Like if if I do that to my players in Football Manager, they lose confidence, <laughs> right? So and Football Manager is just like real life, right? So yeah. um, if I can win the league with Arsenal, then you know on a, on a game, then I can do it in real life as well. It's easy. But the confidence would be shot. And the They're other thing is, I don't care. He needs to get fucking over it. 
Sorry. The, the other thing is <laughs> the other the other point I would make about that though is, and the point I'm trying to make is about if you take him off after 45 minutes in a game against Liverpool, our biggest rivals, the team top of the league, you're, you're essentially wasting a sub. You're just you're experimenting for for no reason. That's just my thoughts, but um, I I don't want to I don't want to cause an argument with you and and, and have two two people on this podcast now. Um, Getting in the minority of rightness, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, nice. Paul, talk to me about how Liverpool will set up and how they'll play. Um, I know that you mentioned earlier on to me, and just before we yeah. we came on about they're they're playing a lot of games recently. So, do you think tiredness will be a factor? Um, I don't know. I think they'll be well fired up. I think they'll be fired up for this fixture. It's probably the biggest game of the season for both teams. And just harping back to how we, you know, how we approach this game, I don't think anything needs to change. You know, I've been. I've been at both um, both Liverpool games this season, and we we've actually gone toe to toe, and we've played really well against them. I think the first game at Anfield, it was sort of on the grand scheme of things, on the balance of play, a draw was probably fair. I think at home in the FA Cup, I think we dominated them for the first half. Second half, they came into the game, so I don't think we need to change too much. I think we have got their number. I think if we play well, I think defensively we're going to have to be strong, obviously. Um, whether whether or not Salah's in the team, I think they've got enough firepower up top to cause trouble. So, in terms of their sort of games, yeah, I mean they're playing a lot of games. They're on a good run here, um, challenging on all four fronts. Um, and like you say, with Salah out the team, Nunes has stepped up. Jota's scoring. Um, I saw today that potentially uh, McAllister has picked up a little niggle, so that might rule him out for the game, which could 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 be a big loss for Liverpool. Okay, and I whenever I, whenever I watch Liverpool play or whenever I watch highlights of Liverpool playing, I just don't rate their midfield. I I I really don't. I think their midfield is bang average, and especially when you compare it to ours, right? So it's just really interesting how Liverpool, I don't know how you guys feel about that. To be honest, I don't know if I'm in the minority for for that opinion, but I really just don't. I think Liverpool's squad or in midfield are are no. like I say, average. Um, yeah. But what's interesting is that they're still winning games and they're still scoring goals. So, you know, Wataru Endo and and Dominic Shobislai just they seem to be gelling together and and playing well. I don't know if anyone has any opinion on that or if they think I'm right or wrong. No, I agree. I I don't think their their midfield is is that strong. Okay, they've they've had made some changes. I, I think Endo's actually away in Asia, is he not? I I'm, I'm yeah. Up yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but, um, course, but what but what yeah. I mean by that, sorry, is just like you know, in terms of their their recent performances and to get yeah. to the top of the league, Endo and and the other the newer players, shall we say, yeah. are, no, are playing well. No, I agree, but I I think they bypass the midfield a lot, or they they don't spend a lot of time with the ball in midfield. It's it's literally how quickly can we get the ball. Up to Salah, Nunez, Jota, Gakpo, whoever you know, the midfield are sort of there as a sort of a very sort of a conduit. But it's not like us where we we play around. It's interchanging. It's this, that, and the other. So yeah, for them, it's they're very direct and very quick. Let's just overload. Let's just get it up front. Let's get it up front. Let's overload. Let's be running. You know, turning turning defenses uh, around, which which is they hate. Um, and and that's that. So even the, even if they have a weak midfield, I I don't think, as you can see, it hasn't hasn't impacted hasn't impacted them. It's it's efficient or sufficient enough for them to get the results that they need, uh, long term. If that's sustainable, but for for me, if they've got a weak midfield, I don't think that impacts them too much, just because of the way they play. 
they're pretty much a full strength team though, aren't they? Apart from obviously Mo Salah being missing game. And we don't know, you know, it could just be we do it, right? Our social media guys do it when players are back or coming back from injury. There's there's always mind games being played. So you never know. We don't know when that picture could have been taken from. But in terms of obviously Trent Alexander Arnold, he is back as well now. And mm-hmm. I've seen that Andy Robinson obviously was playing as well yesterday against Chelsea. So I think the only other injuries or, or suspensions or, or um, players away they have is, is obviously Simicas and, and Joel Matic, really. So um, it's, it'll be interesting to see what a full-strength Liverpool side minus potentially Mo Salah can do against a full-strength Arsenal side. Yeah, but I, I think, as I was saying before in the preview, of it's about what we do. If we play our game right, our players are on, are on form. I, I, you know, we. Sh- I think we should take them. We're at home. We'll have the the crowd behind us. Um, you, you know, maybe we should be a bit fresher. Again, it's it's. I think it's down to, down to what 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 we do as as a collective, as a unit. We take advantage of things. We decisive. Take our chances. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm for some reason I'm overly confident. Uh, maybe that will change come come uh, come Sunday, but. Uh, but you know, and even even just with the things like like Jesus, has, you know, I think he had a really good game against Forest. To be honest, it encapsulated typically Jesus everything that was good and frustrating about him, so he can carry that form into into this game. He, he's I think he scores quite regularly against Liverpool. So so yeah, I'm 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 all for the three points. And I mentioned earlier on in part two of the the podcast about Ben White and Zinchenko. So hmm. talk to me about what you guys, what Whale and, and yourself had witnessed at the, the Forest Ground and, and do you think it'll be an issue like on Sunday? Uh, no, because these things happen all the time with players. We just don't see it, whether it's in the dressing room, locker room, on the over at Colney. Like this is this is this is just like young guys with a lot of testosterone going at it. Um so I'm not I'm not really that concerned about it. If anything, it's I don't know it's, it's probably Zinny just upset that he got done again and was mm. looking to try to make some sort of excuse. And, and obviously Ben wasn't happy about it because he's he's seen this happen repeat rinse a bunch of times. So mm. you know going into this game coming up, it won't even it won't even be an issue. And to be honest, I I, I doubt they're going out and having beers together anyway. They don't like I don't really think that they that they vibe like that. So I think it's fine. No, I, I I agree, and actually I saw a, a clip uh, about from Henri. It was talking, yeah, it was talking about. It. And he said, look, that win, lose or draw, they would always be arguing, and it, it, even when they're winning, they'd be arguing because they, they're challenging themselves, and they, and they are their biggest critics each other, and ex, the expectations are so high. Yes, I think it should be done behind the scenes, it, it, not necessarily in pitch, but he said emotions are high. It, it it happens. I think Arteta brushed it off as a positive thing. So as you know, as well said, it happens all the time. We just don't don't see it, and then all of a sudden you you, you see it. Then um, everyone you know wants to make us make us make a story story out of it. But no, it, it it won't matter. And you know, let's see when Zinchenko sets up Ben White for the winner. They'll be hugging and kissing, no problem. <laughs> so I want to do something different at the end of kind of the Liverpool preview. I want to ask everyone their score prediction. So. And then whoever's right will be invited back on the pod. <laughs> that's that's how we'll do it. So Paul, score prediction. Oh, it's a tough one. I would I would say there's gonna be goals in this game. I think it's gonna be open. <clears throat> Hopefully we can put a few away. Probably three two. I'm gonna go with three two. Wow, that's bold. Andrea? I, I was thinking the same. I was going 
three two three one to our to Arsenal. That's that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I don't think we're I don't think we're we can keep them out. Um, but yeah, three one. I think it's. I think but like this, we need to score three goals to win this game. I I think. Mm. I'm not agreeing to the I'm not agreeing to the the rules of this contest, but I'll I'll call it two one Arsenal. Well, okay. I I think I'm going to go with a one nil one nil Arsenal. Uh, I'm going to go with a very cagey affair. Okay. I think we will play well, dominate, but uh, yeah, one nil. I'm going to even put my neck on the line and say 70, 79th minute, Gabriel Jesus, bullet header. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love to see it. Love at the back post, yeah. from a Saka right foot corner that beats the first man. Right foot corner as well. <laughs> so, so he's, he's going all Santi Cazorla or nothing. He's just going to take a corner. I'm all for that. <laughs> Speaking of right footed players or players who play on the right, what a bad link to the next part of the pod. But transfer window and Cedric Suarez is still at Arsenal. What are your thoughts, guys, on this? And why do you think we are finding it so hard to offload certain players and What's your thoughts on the business or the lack of business that we have done in January? Well, I'll go with you first. Um, in respect to who you just named at first, um, you can't make a player leave. So there's that. Like, we may have had a bunch of offers for him. And if they're not willing to pay his salary and we're not willing to pay the difference, and on top of that, he's like, no, nah, I'm not going anywhere. We've got a contract. Then that's that's how it is. If I was him, I wouldn't go anywhere. So I don't, I don't expect him to think anything different. He's making good money. Um, he lives in London. Just see your contract out, my friend. Like everybody like expects people in the business would like to, to see your contract out. So like, yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan, but that doesn't mean that I can't look at it from the player standpoint and be like, well, he has a contract. Um, we shouldn't have signed it to him. You know, everybody's not going to take a buyout. Um, so, yeah, from that standpoint, um, if he stays, he stays. At, at this point, it doesn't it doesn't even matter. Um, the market itself has been so cold that I'm not even that upset that we haven't done anything. It's not like other teams have been out there, you know, buying, selling, trading left, right and center. It's just like people are, well, it might be an excuse, but the, the running narrative is people are scared of, of these new financial rules. Um, some teams probably are, some teams aren't. I mean, I've, I've heard in the rumor mill that we're, we're kind of close, but then I've also heard that we've got like 25, 30 million to spare. Um, so I'm not upset that we, we, we haven't done anything. Um, on yeah, side, not, yeah. No, no, go ahead, Taps. No, I was going to say on the Cedric thing, I was also think he's, you know, why would you buy someone who's got three or four months left on his contract when you can get him in the summer, you know, spend money, spend three, four million, you know, it's, it's, it's just no point. He's not, he's not a game changer. You're you're buying someone as a, as a backup, and you say, "Well, I'll get him in the summer for free." Why would I put put a, put a fee on put a fee on it? And then in terms of the rest, I think we're keeping our powder dry for the summer. I would rather we don't panic and don't buy someone for the sake of it to pad things out. I think I think with Tommy Asu coming back after the uh, the Asia Cup, and we got party here. If you know, luck, you always need luck with injuries. Our squad our squad is our squad is fine and, and should be enough. Granted injury, so let's, we're keeping our keeping our powder dry for the um, yeah for, for the for the for the um, for the for the summer. There's no point just splashing cash just for the sake of it. And as as well said, yeah, no one else is. No one else is really improving. So there we go. What about you, Paul? 
Yeah, I think uh, probably the opposite to that. I think Cedric probably is being kept in the squad because um, we we've had a lot of injuries um, on both both sides, left and right, uh, fullbacks. And I think going into Europe, you've seen him play. He came in against Lens. I think it was he actually give a good account of himself. And I think um, I think Arteta probably wants to keep him in the squad um, for the rest of the season. I think you know he, he is a decent player, um, and when he's come in, he's always done all right. But I think with Tommy Asu having a few different injuries, Zinni having a few knocks, I think he's really just there to sort of make the numbers up. The squad is looking a bit thin, um, uh, particularly in the back line. And in terms of the lack of business, I think we're all sort of seeing the trend that January isn't the time when business is being uh, sort of undertaken, probably due to, you know, FFP and other factors, um, potentially just, you know, as well we're saying, there's not much money kicking around at the moment to spend. So I think it's going to be a big summer. We look ahead to the summer now and, you know, the transfer window is gone and we look forward. What's interesting is I read an article earlier on today that there's three clubs in Turkey looking to sign Cedric, uh, obviously who whose contract runs out in summer, as you guys mentioned. And, you know, why would, why would you? But I can just potentially see, I think that the transfer window in Turkey closes on the 9th. So they're, they're, it's open for another week. Um, and I can see potentially you know, Cedric either cutting his contract down to get the move if he wants game time or potentially Arsenal doing a really, a really cut-price deal. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that materialises. In terms of my opinion for the lack of business that we have done in this transfer window, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm not I'm not surprised. The, the transfer window's been very, very cold this January. I don't really think there's been any major signings at the time of recording as well this this podcast pretty late on in, in deadline day as well and there's I've got Sky Sports News on and there's nothing major I mean they're talking about Rashford scoring against uh, against Wolves basically is is how busy transfer deadline day is today um so yeah I, I'm not I'm not fussed I would love to have, have brought in a striker but um let's just go big in summer and get another Declan Rice style uh player essentially in terms of just to wrap up the pod, just want to do some some admin. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, guys.